0: Hello and welcome to Road School Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, Road Schooling Mom to 4 Kiddos and Co-Founder at Full Time Families, the resource for your full-time RVing needs and so much more. I'm blessed to be here in Bainbridge, New York, getting ready for our upcoming Not Back to School Rally. I was amazed to see that so many kids are already going back to school. But um, before I start talking about that, <laughs> I think I
1: hear my lovely co <laughs> Hey, it's Mary Beth Coff, your road trip teacher, also a full-time RVM mama to four kiddos and obviously dogs in our rig. Uh, I'm the author and creator over at roadtripteacher.com, your resource for road school um, resources along the way. And we chronicle our travels over at Diary of a Road Mom. So if you'd like to follow us over there, we'd love to have you. And I am coming to you live from south of Indianapolis, South. South kind of South Central Indiana between there and uh, Louisville
0: this evening. So so happy to be with you tonight. How are you, Katie? I'm great, Mary Beth. We had a beautiful weekend. Um, lots of activities here at the campground. It was a Dino weekend here, and so there was a Dino egg hunt, and there was a showing of Jurassic Park, and there was dinosaur crafts, and. Lots of fun. Gail has lots of great things at this campground. It's so fun. I really feel like I'm on summer vacation.
1: You and I haven't really talked. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but... um... So we had one of our first traveling tragedies this week with, uh, involving a pet. You know, we stopped over at the Nashville Jellystone, which I love. It was part of your, this is our Being tour, one of your stopovers, and we loved it there. And decided we'd stop over just for a quick night on Wednesday night. And we got in late. That was okay because we knew where we were going. So we pulled in one of their great big pull-throughs and got all situated and set up. Walked the dogs, and we came back. Tori's cat got out. Oh and Lord. Yeah, and you know she's gotten out so many times before. And, and actually, when we were wintering in Florida, the last the whole last season, she got out all the time. She actually we let her out. She spent much of her time out. But you know, since we started traveling, I did not let her out, which may or may not have been a mistake. I'm not sure. But the bottom line is that um, we spent three extra days after that at the Jellystone in Nashville, and she was still missing.
0: So Aww, kind of a sad deal in our Yeah.
1: You know, it's kind of crummy, you know, to her. She had that kitty cat since she was one, so it's kind of a – I don't know. It's kind of – I mean, I gripe – you know, you've heard me gripe a million times about the cats in the rig, and it really is a full-time responsibility if you decide to take your kitty cats on the road. But having said that, we do miss her, and it's, it was definitely really, 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 really hard to pull out of that campground without her. It was just like I, – I mean, you know, I knew we were leaving someone, and – no, no. But the maintenance there and the staff at that Nashville Jellystone is wonderful, and they let us put up posters, and the maintenance guys assured us that they'd keep watch for her. And she's actually chipped, so hopefully we'll get her back.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really hope that that, uh, that, that turns into a happy ending and definitely keep us posted on that. I know uh, I've been around when the cats get out, and I know it's not any fun at all.
1: Oh, my good night, nurse. It's a big ordeal, but, you know. It is what
0: it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of changes going on for our community. Um, a lot of, uh, I re- I made a note, and gosh, Mary Beth, I had to list so many people that needed special prayer this week. It's been a really hard summer for our community. Yes, it has. Yes, it yeah, has and so, been so far. Uh, if you need extra prayer, I want to remind you that Road School Moms has their own group of prayer warriors. We have these dedicated women who are waiting um, on your re- requests and intentions. And to reach out to them, all you have to do is send an email to rsmprayers at gmail.com. And uh, it, your requests are completely confidential. Um, and uh, the prayers that I'm going to give out tonight have nothing to do with our prayer group, although if you're not currently part of our, tapped into our prayer group yet, I encourage you to do so. But I want to specifically pray tonight for uh, Ribby's mom. As you know, um, yes. Ruby, we lost Ruby a month ago. It's been a month,
1: near Oh I can't believe that. I know it doesn't seem like it. I'm sure to her it seems like every single day, but it's hard to believe it's been a month. Um,
0: as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, it's been a really hard summer for a lot of our SPS community, and I wanted to remember um, a couple of families, especially in prayer, and they are specifically Ribby's mom, Gretchen Christina. It's been one month since our community lost that little girl. And, um, uh, we know how, how hard these anniversaries are. And, um, she also would have just celebrated her second birthday. So I'm sure it was an excruciating week for Gretchen Christina. The Schreier family, um, is dealing with a brand new cancer diagnosis, which totally has rocked their world. The Washburn family is one month into their cancer treatment and they are being valiant heroes and, um, completely transparent on their Facebook and on their GoFundMe site. So, if you, um, can offer any condolences or any, um, donations to these families, they could really use the help right now. And the Savory family, um, if you're, if you had been following that story, Kelly, um, gave birth to Carter and he lived for three hours and they were able to lavish him with love and attention and spend some quality time together. But then, um, he did go be with the Lord after that. So, just been a really really hard summer
1: it has been a hard summer i mentioned that earlier this week has just been i don't know it's it uh, doesn't it make you feel guilty sometimes i look around and i think of all you know all this sadness and all this personal crisis and there's i feel helpless like there's nothing really that i can do and then i almost feel guilty because i mean like i'm i feel so blessed and i don't know i don't you know I, i don't quite know what to do with all that emotion sometimes
0: I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I I, I really wish there was a way to channel it into something effective. Um, but we're gonna take a moment and remember these families in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the blessings that you do give us, and we don't understand all the reasons and uh, the whys and the why nots that for the answers prayers that you do provide. But we um are remain to be completely faithful to you and we look for you to spread your healing and your peace across these families and all the families that need uh your uplifting spirit at this point in Jesus name amen amen Well said okay so this you know oddly enough what are we talking about tonight it's uh love and loss mm-hmm. and uh this is going to be so so i want to like try to get us in the right mode and and have this be an uplifting show um, but it's going to be also a very difficult show. I, are you agreed, Mary Beth?
1: I agree. I agree. This one hits close to home for me, as we've talked about before. Um, but it's something that really I think is um, its such a good thing, especially in your community such as ours when, um, you know, you can be so displaced and maybe feel like you're really all alone when you're really not. So I think it's a really good thing, and I'm so happy um, that we have our guest on tonight and can talk about this, and her book is wonderful. I highly recommend it, and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's show.
0: Okay, so without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Heather Ladybor. She is the author of a blog called Face Takes Flight, and her book's title is called Finding Joy in the Morning, A Mother's Journey Through Grief, To hope and healing welcome Heather to the broadcast thank you ladies hello Heather thank you so much yeah please introduce yourself to our community and tell us how you fit into the road school world well um, our family just recently started living full-time in a fifth-wheel RV we've been in it for about three months and this has been a dream of ours for the last few years and both of you, ladies were instrumental in encouraging us to to realize that that these dreams that we were having were were um, able to to happen because you created such a beautiful community and we were able to see so many other families that had taken action on their dreams and made it happen and so listening to your podcast and and being a part of your facebook page and community and it just kind of gave us this this glimpse of what could be, and, and so I want to thank you both personally um, in that regard. And so we've been working toward this for a while, and we're going to launch in September to start traveling around the country. And I am married. Um, my husband's name is Trent, and we've been married since uh, 1999. And he's a wonderfully supportive man that I am so grateful for. And we have four beautiful children here in the RV with us um, our oldest is 13 uh, Hunter and our daughter is 10 and she's Ashlyn and we have Clinton who's 7 and Tanner who's 5 so we have um, three boys and, and one girl here with us and um, so they're excited about the journey to come as well and so that's kind of how we how we fit in with your community in that regard
1: that's awesome, Heather. And um, for those of our listeners that haven't had a chance to visit your blog, which I absolutely love, by the way, um, could you give us just a short background and a little bit of um, information on how you come to write your book and what you, led you—you um, know—how that journey led you to do that?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I blog over at faithtakesflight.com, dot com, and um, I've been blogging for a while. This is actually the second blog um, that I've had. Um, several years ago I used to own an online website and at the time I had a blog then and I was in the middle of my third pregnancy. Um, I was pregnant with a boy and at the end of my pregnancy I was 37 weeks into um, the pregnancy and um, hadn't really been feeling any movement lately and so I went to see my um, um not my doula, the (laughs) other, I was going to deliver at home and so I had a midwife. There we go. And so I went to see my midwife and I found out that his heart rate was no longer there and so we were suddenly thrust into a situation that we didn't expect and I never anticipated. Um, Everything had gone very well for my first two pregnancies and I had naively um, come to assume that once you pass 12 weeks that If everything's going well, then it will go well. And um, so I had never assumed that anything would go wrong after that point. And so because of the situation that I was in at the time, I owned this website that focused on selling mom-invented baby products, and I had a blog, and my audience was all either pregnant or expecting um, mothers or women with young children or toddlers. And I was kind of in a situation that I – had to figure out how to um, how to handle this this loss in a way that was going to not completely collide with my company that I had at the time, um, because suddenly being around babies and baby stuff and all of that was was the furthest thing from my desires. Um, so I just started blogging about what was going on with me, and I thought, you know, it's I, I don't know any other way to process this other than to be completely transparent about what's going on. So I just started writing regularly in the evenings it was um I was up very late most nights and I was just processing my grief and my heart and what I was learning and what God was showing me and how he was carrying me and I just found that to be very a very therapeutic tool for me at that time and and in return unexpectedly um to me anyway was how many people had experienced a loss of their own, how many other women had had either Experienced loss personally, or their mother had, or friends had, and and it was really beautiful to me the way that God kind of knit us together at that time to be a support for each other. And I felt not alone, even though I didn't um, wasn't able to hug these women in person. I was feeling the support that they were offering through their prayers and their encouragement. And so it was through that experience that I was able to connect with these other women and began to see how helpful it is when we are open about our struggles and when we're willing to be transparent about our grief and that I found it to be very comforting to know that I wasn't alone in the way I was feeling. And so that was kind of the jumping off point for the book that I ended up compiling, which was this very much kind of – um taking a chronicle of of my journey through you know from day one on through the first um year and two of my grief and and what god was doing in my heart at that time and then at the end of the book i have a lot of a a thick amount of questions and answers with these women that i connected with um asking them different questions and they chimed in through a, a survey of what people could have done differently and things like that to support them or what people did that was really helpful. And so I put it together hoping that it would be a resource um, of encouragement to to others that have walked some sort of a similar path of grief. Heather, um, you know, your story, thank you so much for sharing with uh, Road School Moms tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, But uh, my first question is why do you believe that women um, tend to, to feel like they need to be secretive when this type of comes into their life that's a good question it it probably depends on a variety of factors it seems like um from my experience that our generation of women is is much more willing to share than i think our parents or our grandparents were i've I heard so many stories of people who they didn't find out for years and years maybe that their grandmother had lost a baby after it was born or or their mother maybe had um, a, a loss during her pregnancy and they didn't hear about it till maybe they had one themselves or that kind of thing and so to a degree it seems like it might be somewhat generational and that we're slowly becoming more and more willing to, to talk about this um, but then I think there's also a degree of hesitancy to share maybe something that you haven't fully um, sorted out yourself. And it can be a very tender thing to, to offer up to somebody. And there are certainly times that I've opened my mouth and shared and kind of wished that I wouldn't because it, the person didn't know how to receive what I was sharing with them. And so it ended up being awkward or hurtful in some way. So a fear of, of that coming across wrong um, can just stop you from even trying. Excuse me, trying, but um, it can also be personality driven. I'm I'm an introvert, and I think for me, processing through writing was right for me, and that's what worked really well. And I was willing to share that through writing, but at the time, it would have been harder, I think, for me to share verbally. Um, but I'm an internal processor too, so it can certainly be um, a lot of things in play there, but probably what it is for each person might be a little different
1: you said that so well heather um and that um really leads me into what i was going to say how i fit into this picture um with a similar story i was pregnant with my fourth child and he was born um at 22 little over 22 weeks um and he was also um I, i same story i knew something was wrong, wasn't feeling movement, and he didn't have a heartbeat, and so they had to induce pregnancy, and I delivered him knowing that he was going to be asleep when he was born. Um, but I will tell you that um, and when, when I read your blog, and there's so many things that hit home with me, um, and listen to the even and when KT just asked the question, you know, why do you think that people don't talk about it or whatever? Um, Unlike you, I when I hear you, you have so much grace in your voice and, you know, so much um, hope and faith in the way that you see, at least it seems, um, how you handled it. And I can tell you um, in full disclosure that that's not at all how I handled it. I was very angry with God. I did not turn to him at all um, to help me through it in the beginning. And um, I guess I, I, my question to you is how – I mean, is that something that you immediately done? How – you know someone that's facing this sort of- situation, especially if it's currently um you know how do you suggest to find the positive in something so dark
0: yeah that's that's a good that's a good question and I think that hearing hearing you and and I'm very sorry for your loss um so let me start with that um that's that's an incredible thing to walk through and I think that So like anything else that we experience, we have the opportunity um, to choose how we respond to it. And I tell my kids this all the time. I say you get to choose your perspective. And so that can be something little like being frustrated about what they're being served for dinner, and they can choose their perspective of being um, dissatisfied with what I've offered them, or they can choose to be thankful that they – are not eating the same thing that they ate at the last meal, or that they are even eating anything at all. Um, that can go into more difficult circumstances as well, such as this. In that, one thing that I tried to do, and it takes it takes effort and intention for sure. But I I started waking up and I would say, okay, God, what, I I don't want to do this, but but you have me here in this place and, and so today I wanna to know what you want to teach me. And so I would try to look for a lesson in the day. I would try to to be open for for him to show me something new about who he is and and how I fit into that. And so in starting out um my day that way, I was maybe more aware or in tune to things that um that could open up in my heart something that would teach me about how much he loved me or or what his plan was for me or something something meaningful and so then I could reflect on that then at the end of the day and it gave me something to hold on to it gave me something to step forward with because I felt like it was important for me to fully grasp the weight of the grief that I was experiencing but I wanted to continue moving forward in what I was learning, and not necessarily like moving forward to get over it with that goal in mind um, because that's not that's not realistic as an expectation but but to be moving forward and not being stuck in in one place of grief that i can't I can't see outside of myself and i can't I can't see that god is is there with me and that that he can can work through this and that he can do something in me um because of it um so it it helped me to have that perspective shift if that makes sense That absolutely does, makes absolutely. sense to me and I, yeah and I want to highlight what you just said because I I actually wrote it down and uh what came out of what you just said for me what I heard was that you don't always mm-hmm. get to choose your circumstances but you do get to choose your perspective which yeah is um it, it's mind altering. It's situation altering. And I really hope that um for all else people uh our road school moms listening really take um, that what you just said to heart because uh that is that's hundred percent the truth. That's exactly what it's all about. Um uh so as as someone who has not experienced this type of um trauma and wanting to support mb and you heather what is something that that i could do as as a friend as um as a sister in christ what is something that i could do to help you with this situation or if someone else is experiencing this alongside their friend how can they help that's a good question um well i would encourage well first of all i think it's wonderful it's wonderful to see people that want to be a support to others. It's it's beautiful. It's That's the body of Christ in motion and in working itself out. And so, um, so I really believe that God wants to help us with that because that's something that he's put inside of us. So I would encourage you to start with just seeking prayer um, for that person. And God knows the individual needs of their heart. And so I would just Start out and ask him to give you wisdom and discernment for their specific situation. Because even though there's a lot of generalities of what would be helpful to almost anybody, obviously to that specific person, there might be something that's really uniquely um, a need or a specific way that that they could receive that love in in an extra powerful measure. So, I would start with that, and then. Um, I, I turned to the back of my book here and I to the section where I asked that question to different um, moms. And these are these are moms that have lost um, their baby either before birth or up to probably around the first year or two um, after birth. And, and these were some of their responses. So I'll read a few of theirs and then um, we can go from there. Um, this first person says, I found it to be most comforting when friends and family were willing to enter into my grief with me offering a listening ear and compassionate heart, rather than platitudes or an agenda for my grief. I was also comforted when people reached out to us through cards, emails, phone calls, or visits, especially after some time had passed since my daughter's death. The correspondence could be very simple. Just knowing that loved ones were continuing to remember us in our grief was comforting. Friends and family who kept their distance from us caused us a lot of unnecessary pain. Silence is easy to interpret as indifference. Next person says, I will always be appreciative of the support my friends and family gave me. They let me cry, they let me grieve, they called, and they continued to reach out until I was ready to take their hands. I could not have asked for more. Next person says, five years later, I have friends and family who still call or send us cards and emails, email us on her birthday or the anniversary of her death to say they are thinking of us. It means so much to know that others are still thinking of her and remembering her. And then this person says, I have a friend who suggested that we meet midday, every weekday to run. We met so frequently that she could tell how my day was going as soon as I got out of the car. She listened. We ran. I listened to her when my stuff was too much. We ran. It was such a blessing. She did not try to fix anything. She was just there. Another friend called regularly to check on me, and she could tell how I was doing by the sound of my voice. She would be in my living room in a second if needed. My second child started kindergarten this year, so when I came home 10 weeks later without my sweet boy, I had a very hard time being alone in our empty house. My husband is a minister, and I found myself hanging out with him and his ministry assistant frequently. Assistant frequently. It was nice to have someone else there with me to field the weekly calls concerning our hospital bills or the day Isaac's birth certificate was delivered. Mid-year, another friend invited me to walk with her in the mornings. On the days when I did not want to face my house, this has been such a blessing. God has been good to us. And so those are a few examples um, of things that goes on from there. But I think that reaching out in a way that gives the person permission to receive or not receive that and know that there's no judgment on your part is helpful. I had a friend that said, I'm going to call you. She texted me, I think, and said, I'm going to call you this evening, and if you feel up for chatting, then please answer, and if not, I'll just leave a message to let you know that I'm thinking of you and don't feel any obligation to answer, and she kind of just put that as a blanket answer. You know, whenever I call, don't feel obligated to answer. If you're not up for it, that's fine, but I want you to know I'm thinking of you, and I appreciated that because there were times when I really did want to talk, and there were times where I wasn't up to it, and I didn't feel... Her saying that gave me permission to just let it go to voicemail and not feel guilty. And so I appreciated when people kind of removed the strings verbally from their offers. And I found it really helpful when people were specific about how they wanted to help. Like, I would love to help you. Um, can, I, can I pick up groceries for you? I'm at the store. Is there anything you need? Or I'm going to the park. Would it be okay if I dropped by and picked up your kids for you so you could have some time alone? Or they had like a specific idea in mind of something they would want to do for me. And they were kind of already like almost assuming they were going to do it. And they're just checking, is it okay with me? And at that point, I could say yes or no. I found that much easier to respond to personally than if someone said, let me know if you need anything. I find that to be very difficult because it puts all of the, all of the responsibility on the person who's greeting and most likely than not, but they're not going to feel strong enough to actually reach out when they are needing it. And so I find that just being real specific and um, upfront and taking that action on your part is probably helpful in most cases.
1: Those are all such great answers, and I think that, um, you know, so many times, and like you said, silence can be interpreted so many ways, and it's oftentimes, um, like Katie alluded to, if someone hasn't been through anything like that at all, they have no idea what to say, um, you know, at all. And I love what you said about, you know, just having the pressure of when someone would say, what can I do for you? And, I, I mean, the list was so long that I couldn't put it into words, I can remember thinking, you know, well, first you can give me my baby back, but since you can't do that, you know what I mean? It's just like there's just so much um, to say. Um, Something else, you know, that's always struck me, um, something so simple was, um, at least for me, um, that I'll share, is that just saying his name, um, our little boy's name was Thomas August, and um, just someone saying, you know, his name to me instead of saying, you know the baby or whatever that that was something that really struck home with me. It always you know I just I love to hear his name and even today when someone will say you know would how old would Thomas have been or whatever you know it really does help. The more time goes on, I think, um, to still be able to talk about it and to remember you know even though so much time has passed. Um, and and saying that, speaking of time, um, we talked about um, Gretchen Christina earlier. Um, Kimberly alluded to and in her her post today in the Road School Moms group was talking about time. You know, it's been a month since Ruby has been gone. Um, and I think, don't you think, Heather, those those time frames, I know for me it was like the first Christmas or the first what should have been his first birthday or the first day and then the first week or whatever. It's like there's all these time um not restrictions, but you know, there's all those things to look forward to, not that you're looking mm-hmm. forward to them, you know, in a happy thought. But how do you suggest to get? I mean, I, I know for me, I feel like you just had to trudge through it. I, you know, the one thing that I finally did after the first year on, and every year on his birthday, I write him a letter, and that just basically, you know, to remember what, you know, I think he would have be would have been doing it. And basically, you know, I sit down and write a letter um to him every year. What other things can you suggest maybe to help someone who's facing this situation get through those time, you know, those time periods that are so you know, that seem to just be looming on the calendar when you're looking at it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that it I think it is important to to come up with ways to to mark those milestones, um, as you said, because it it helps our heart to to reaffirm that 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 life was there and their significance. And I think one of the fears that I had was that that he would slip away and that somehow it would be like he was never there. And I felt like you have to do things to remind yourself that they were they were real. And because you feel it in your heart, but you feel like everyone else might forget. And so I think that it's It's important to put meaning into those days and as a side note maybe going back quickly to what we said before um, something that has always stuck with me that I found was was so deeply meaningful but it was so simple was there was someone that that was communicating often with me through my blog at that time and she reached out to me on one of those milestones and and she just said something really simple, like, um, son's name was Sawyer. And she said, I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you and Sawyer today. And I know that today he would have been five months old or something like that. And I wrote back to her and I, I thanked her for, you know, for remembering that, that date and that that really was, um, meaningful to me. And she said, she said, as soon as, um, as soon as I heard what happened, she said, I went to my calendar and I wrote down, um, and I, I want to say that it was like every month um, of the first year, and on her calendar, the day that it was, so that she could could be reminded and then have the opportunity to reach out to me. And just thinking of her doing that, like in that physical sense, was was so meaningful to me that like she was she was marking the day with me, and I found that to be really special. And so what we have chosen to do um, each year on his birthday and it's May 5th for us, so it's in the spring, and so we take we take a family day, and before we homeschooled, we took all the kids out of school on that day if it landed during the week, and my husband would take the day off um, when he was working out of the home, and now it's easier. Now that we're homeschooling, we just take a day off, and we would do something together as a family for that day that was different than what we would normally do, so some years we, we've we driven in and we found a, a bike path, and we've on biking for the day, or one year we went out, <clears throat> out of town, and so it's just different each year, and it kind of depends on where we're living and what we're doing. It's not necessarily something um, big and expensive, but it's just something where we set that day aside for us, and we celebrate it, and the kids look forward to it, and we get a cake, and um, in the first year or two, we release balloons, but we don't do that necessarily every year um, anymore, but we just met Sawyer's birthday, and everyone looks forward to it, and they celebrate it, and so it's just something that is a positive day for us, and we do fun things, and we try to find excuses to say yes when the kid's ask to do stuff that day, and so that's kind of how we've, we've marked um, his birthdays um, for us, and I think that can be different for each person. I've heard of people that um, donate to a charity in their um, child's name. Or they do give random gifts, or do random acts of kindness to strangers um, on their birthday. Um, some people have planted like memorial gardens, or like you do, they journal. Um, I think that's a beautiful way to not not only chronicle what you're remembering and stuff, but to 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 show what was going on in your heart. I would think that would be meaningful to look back on in that way. Um, so there's a lot of different things that people can do but I think it is helpful to to market in some way. Um that is um really good words of advice and um oddly enough um Mary Beth and I share that day. We didn't know that before we met. But um Thomas's birthday is actually Antonio's birthday to the day, right Mary Beth?
1: Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, to the day. It's so I mean, like, the same year and everything. Wow. <laughs> so odd.
0: Yeah. It is odd. Tell me, you know, um, well-meaning people, well-intentioned people can do things that they don't mean to hurt, but they do hurt. What What kind of phrases should people avoid saying um, when uh, when you share this type of information with someone? That is a good question. Um, Mary Beth, do you want to mention a few that you might have, and, and I'll be thinking on it?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, um, and and honestly, I think the thing to remember is that, um, especially if it's if it's really raw, um, like I can just tell you again, you know, like the full disc- being all you know, absolutely honest and full disclosure, you probably couldn't have said anything to me in those first few days that I could have comprehended um, and processed in my normal state. So I think that probably um, you have to. Be, not be careful, but you have to be cognizant of the timing um, and that probably anything you say should be as general, you know, and not as specific. Because I know for me, um, what really drove me crazy at the beginning, somebody would say, I'm so sorry about your loss. And my immediate response was always, my baby's not lost. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have – he's not lost. I know exactly where he is, you know. Or And it was that – so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think that it was – um I don't know. I, I just I think that you have to probably maybe um, not sugarcoats probably not the right word I guess but just you know be a little bit guarded about how you present that um, to whomever it is that you're talking and just remember that their feelings are probably really raw and that they don't even know how to process what they're feeling much less what's being said to them. Um, but you know I think that like. Um, Heather said earlier that the, you know, the, the things that I do remember is, um, like we talked about, um, you know, being specific about the person or, or, you know, the situation that was lost and, um, you know, just trying to bring a positive note to it and, and not dwell on the negative parts of it and not point out things that, that 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 person already knows, like, oh, it's probably for the best or, well, this was the, you know – Not to really point out the negative things that probably everyone already knows in the situation, but rather find the positive part of the situation um, and the best, you know, the best path to look at it that way. You know, kind of find the light instead of pointing out the dark. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it can be such a minefield, and I feel – I feel so badly. I felt badly for the people that were trying to say comforting things to me because I could just see <laughs> almost the fear in their eyes before speaking of, God, Lord, help us not be the wrong thing that I'm saying. And,
1: right. and I'll even say right. that
0: after after I've gone through it and then I had a very good friend whose um, teenage son died and, and I felt the same fear in my heart in saying anything to her because I thought, Lord, don't let me say the wrong thing, you know, and even though I'd gone through it, I mean, it's still, we never, we don't want to hurt, and so I knew, I knew that there was probably no person that was going to speak to me that was intentionally going to bring me pain, Um, but the reality was that some things were painful, but I tried very hard, and again, this is the perspective thing, to put on what I would call my grace glasses, and I would try to see the perspective from the, the intentions of their heart, rather than a maybe specifically the words that they spoke because um because I knew that they were saying things because they cared and but that doesn't take away the, the fact that some of them do hurt. Um but I think that yeah some specific ones that, that people have told me and I would concur um that are not always helpful or what people want to hear are things like, Don't worry, someday you'll have kids, um God only oh, takes his best. It was God's will. Everything happens for a reason. Maybe something was wrong with him. These are exact quotes that are from my book, That things were said mm-hmm. to other moms. Time heals all wounds. Um, at least he was not full term, or at least you didn't get too attached. Uh, now you have an angel in heaven. It was meant to be, or it was for the best, or um, you're young. You'll have other babies, or at least you have other children. Uh, your baby's in a better place now. She's not suffering. You know these kind of things that just I, I can see why it sounds like maybe something like that even sounds positive, um, but the reality is just it doesn't it doesn't help. And so I think oftentimes just a deep hug and saying I am so sorry for your loss um, was all that I needed. You know, but I think it is important to reach out either physically or in some way because like we pointed to earlier unfortunately saying nothing is just as if not more hurtful than saying the wrong thing and so like we said it feels like a potential minefield because if you say nothing then that's not right and if you say the wrong thing then that cannot be right either but um, so a lot of times (laughs) I would just say a hug is best and, and to just say I'm so sorry and um, and asking questions can be maybe a little bit less um, dangerous in that regard because then the person can answer how they want and what, with what they want. And so I didn't mind specific questions because it gave me a chance to talk about my son. And then that validated that his life was there and it was real and I could kind of process and sort through. And so I don't know how you felt, Mary Beth, but I, I, I appreciated when people were asking questions out of um, – Out of the right heart to to know you know what was going on with me, maybe rather than just trying to say something to pacify the situation.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think that so many times, um, like with all those phrases that you you know that you just said you know to try to avoid, you know it's really not the other it's not that person's fault. They're really trying to look for they're trying to point out some logical answer to a completely mm-hmm. illogical situation you know and I think mm-hmm. that's you know that that really is where some of that is born out of and and I agree it's just um you know I think no matter what stage of that grief that you're in whether it's a very new grief or whether it's one that you've been you know processing for many years um you know it the standard answer is it's, it it really is better to talk about it and, and like I love that that you just said you know um asking questions it probably is a better form of showing that you care because it does give that person you know you know if you're not ready to talk about it you can at least you know you can give short answers and then if you're mm-hmm. at a place where you do want to talk about it and like you said and i agree a hundred percent you know it really does i mean it kind of gives you validation that that life was there and that you know you know it gives you a chance to just you know kind of illustrate the memory you know out loud and mm-hmm. um you know so, so i love that answer um you know I, I love that that that's that's spot on oh well i'm not Heather. sure no, have, go, oh,
0: ahead, no go. go ahead no you go ahead no go ahead no you go ahead really <laughs> all i was going to say was one the only other thing i wanted to,
1: to um to say and i i i got all tongue tied i don't know where my Thought went. What I started to say was something about the guilt. That's um, I wanted to, you know, somehow Heather. I know know, we've talked about all the things you can go through, but the one thing for me that I can remember, and I'm sure is so. Plentiful, no matter what kind of situation you're in with the loss of a child or the loss of anyone really, but, but definitely the loss of the child because you're the mama and you think that you are the one that was supposed to do everything, you know, even though that you probably did do everything, right? But there's always, you know, all those little things that you think I should have done this, I shouldn't have done that.
0: Um, um, and I'm just
1: going to encourage you to, and you know, Kimberly and I talk about this even in our lighthearted situations about being gentle with yourself and, you know, um, and realizing that you're not a perfect person and that God has a plan and it really is out of your hands. It was never in your hands in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. But what are your suggestions maybe for um, letting go a little bit of that guilt and maybe, you know, finding a different way to to process that part of the pain? Yeah,
0: that's a good question. And I I agree with you 100% that it's it's something that that we all deal with, and I I know that in in doing the survey that I did with these moms and stuff for the the back part of my book, I universally across the board when I asked the question, "Did you deal with any guilt um, concerning the loss of your child?" And um, yes, they all they all dealt with guilt from from one degree or another, and and in many cases there in many cases the baby had not even been born yet when it when it had died and so you can look at that and say logically you know in how how could you how could you feel guilty about that but like you said you're you're the mom and you see your role as as the caretaker and the protector of your child and and that's so natural then to feel like somehow you let your child down in in the fact that they they did not survive Um, but i think that I personally find um so much comfort in in acknowledging that um that God is in control. And I felt like it I had to come to a place where I was willing to to admit and acknowledge that because if I if I don't believe that God's in control then then I'm prone to take to, to try to take that control from him. And then once I've done that then now then now what happens or doesn't happen is now it's my fault because I'm I'm the one in control but in reality um I, I cannot control what happens to my family or to my children and I can simply respond to what God has given me and I have a responsibility but I have to believe that that he's in control for me to to submit myself to him fully and so I I find it helpful to relinquish that control and I find that I have to keep (laughs) to keep reminding myself of that not just in this situation when we're talking about grief and stuff but when we're doing our homeschooling and or we're traveling and there's so many things that can feel um, out of control or we can get frustrated with but but to be able to really surrender ourselves to the fact that that God is in control and I I came to a place where I was able to say and in this this is one of those things that for people that that have not come to an understanding of God's love and grace it's difficult to to say or to um, accept but this in reality this this isn't about me anyway um this this grief is a terrible thing to bear um, this this is a, a horrible thing to to walk through but real the reality is, that I believe that God put me here for a purpose and that purpose is to serve him and to use the gifts that he's given me to love others. But I'm, I'm clay in his hands. And so what he chooses to do with my life, I, I trust him completely. And I understand that there's very real factors in place in regards to sin and Satan and how that all plays out. But when it's all said and done, God is most powerful and he, he will use my life for his glory and so i need to be willing to say use me for your glory and recognize that that won't all be through pleasurable experiences and so if it's not about me anyway then it's much easier on myself to recognize that early on and to relinquish that control to him and say use me as you see fit because then he doesn't have to take as much work in pruning and trimming me back before i can be fruitful and and the things that he does through me to be effective, and I want to be an effective um, tool for him. I want to be um, creating beauty in his world, and so to do that, I, I have to be in a place of submission. Since so I don't know if that's quite what you're asking, but I guess that's what came to mind when you asked the question.
1: That's absolutely perfect. I mean, I I don't I, you have said everything that was in my head, somehow you made it sound so eloquent and so beautiful. That's, isn't that right, KT? Like, she, that's just, that's awesome. I absolutely love how you put all of that. And I'll have to tell you that, um, you know, somewhere in that journey, no matter what, what you know, how you get there, or how you've arrived, um, it, it really is the answer. And I can tell you that although I say, you know, at the beginning I was very angry and all that, I have since then, um, and even on this show, just in the times that we've talked about it and then when we've shared things with other road school moms with similar experiences, for me, um, you know, really accepting that God is in total control. You're absolutely right. And, and that's when I finally could really turn around and look at what had happened and say, oh, my goodness, I see now. I see how this mm-hmm. happened. I see why it happened. I see what this purpose is. And like you said, that this is not about me at all. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So that is um a beautiful
0: way to put that. Oh, oh my gosh. When you said, "Heather, um, use me for your glory," and I understand that it's not always going to be desirable circumstances, uh, I I just I absolutely got chills. That is um such a, just in, such another wonderful nugget to live by and um again to change your perspective on situations. I so have enjoyed this interview even though the subject was tragic. I have so enjoyed the hope, and um, the, all, all the information that you brought to the show this evening. And I really hope that so many of our Road School moms who tune in or catch it on the replay are, are considerably blessed by how candid both you and Mary Beth were about this very um, traumatic uh, issue. Uh, now, you very generously brought a copy of your book to the show to give away. Can you tell them mm-hmm. a little bit more about your book? And if, um, tell them where they can buy it for the 99.9% of them that won't win it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, if you go to Amazon, um, you can find it there. There's an ebook version, and then there's the paperback copy. And so when you type it in, it's Finding Joy in the Morning, and that's spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And so you can search for it by that title, or you can go to my blog, Um, faithtakesflight.com and if you click on the about us section at the top of the page there will be a link and a mention to my book there and so that um, can be an alternate way to find it there and so I I I feel blessed anytime like we were saying that that I can see I feel like there are times that God does things and and we understand that we will never understand the significance of of that event um, in our lives until we are with him but there are, there are beautiful moments in which I feel like sometimes he does pull back the curtain and he lets us see um, the beauty that can come from ashes. And so I appreciate very much being able to speak with both of you women today, and the opportunity to to hopefully bring some some hope to others um, gives me great pleasure. And and that was a large part of the motivation behind writing um, out my story was wanting to, to let someone else um, walk alongside and, and to hopefully find some hope and healing through coming alongside my journey. And so I would just encourage people who have experienced a loss themselves or have someone that they're walking alongside to maybe consider this to be helpful to them. I was very transparent in, in each of the, the pages that I wrote and from day one on, this is what this is what I'm dealing with today, but this is what I believe God is using it for, or how He's showing me Himself through it. And so, I found I really wanted myself as I was walking through this to to, to know: Am I am I on the right path of grief? How long is this going to take? And where's my grief manual? And so, I really found it therapeutic when I could um, read someone else's story. So, if people feel like that would be beneficial to them, then, then I would. I would be blessed to know that I could be a part of that. Well, wonderful. So I'm going to um, tell our listeners how they can enter to win your book. It's really easy. I want you, if you're listening and you want to win a copy of uh, Heather's book, I want you to go to her blog, com and there she has a specific post called The Best Habit I've Developed This Year. Um, and I want you to send me an email, Kimberly at com, and tell me what that habit is, that Heather has developed. And um, if you want to share any um, other thoughts you had about tonight's show, I'd love to hear them. Uh, but that's all I need. I need you to go to Kimberly at com, and after you found it on faithtakesflight.com, tell me what is the best habit that Heather has developed this year. So don't tell them, Heather. But I, I really love I that want. blog post. So I. That's I super fun, I love you that you incorporated is. that. Yeah. So thank you so much again, and we uh, very much enjoyed having you on the show tonight, and we very much appreciate having you part of our community, and we hope to see you down the road. Thank you, ladies. Bless you, and I appreciate all that you're doing, and I love that you are letting God's love shine through you to this community. I think it's awesome. Thank
1: Thank you, Heather. It was great talking with you.
0: Thank you. You too. Oh, my goodness. How are you feeling, Mary Beth?
1: I'm good. You're such a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> KT's texting me. She's sending me emails. Are you okay with the show? I'm good. I'm. It, it's a good, you know, it, so many of the things she said is so spot on. And you know how I get when I, all my thoughts get jumbled up and I get tongue twisted and I can't say what I mean. So she said so much of what I was thinking. So um, it was good. It's always good to talk about it. That's for sure
0: oh i'm I'm glad you know I think that's part of the problem. I think that people who have not experienced it don't know what to say and feel like they're gonna upset you in some way, and so that's where the silence comes from and I understand how it could be perceived as indifferent but i I really just think it's complete confusion and you know just people just don't know what to say and um you know it 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 doesn't it doesn't necessarily make sense to me someone who hasn't experienced it that you would want to discuss it
1: yeah well I think like I said it 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 really um for for any parties involved in it it's it's like someone is you know you're looking for a logical answer And, and and there really is not a logical answer because it's you know it's not something that was planned or that was anticipated or you know whatever so it's just it's just a situation that no one plans for, and and like you said, if you've never dealt with it personally, then you don't know what to say and it's it's a tight line to walk. That's all I know how to say <laughs> you know
0: absolutely I do, I do, and um, I just hope that this show um gives so much so much um so much hope to women who have walked through it, and so many useful tools. To women who want to support their friends who have walked through it, I loved when she brought up um, those specific ways that people were willing to help. She, she said it was that they assumed that they were always already going to do something, and they just needed her approval to do it. As in, "I'm swinging by to pick up your kids, and I'll have them, you know, till four o'clock to give you some time. Mm-hmm. Is that okay?" And I just thought, what a what an actionable way to really make a difference, to really give a mom a break, to um, let someone process the grief. I just, I really love that.
1: Yeah, that was a great um, piece of advice. And I just, um, you know, I would just encourage you to, you know, like I said earlier, whether you're in, you know, the newly, new, it's a new grief or if it's something you've been dealing with for many years, you know, I think that reaching out to someone um, that's followed the same path is helpful. And, um, you know, just like with Heather, she's found so many ways to, to funnel all of that, um, negative, you know, such a negative situation into so many positive ways that's um, that's really admirable and um, you know if you're out there and you want to you know drop me a line at info at com, I'd be glad to talk to you about your experiences or your questions or maybe something that's happened in your life or I'd be glad to pray with you whatever um, you know could help you um, and encourage you throughout that journey I'm I'm here and uh, you can email me anytime
0: wonderful that's that's very generous of you uh, so what's the uh, now,
1: I'm, now, for some reason, where did you walk away? Because now we can't hear you.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. Am I really gone again? Oh, nope. Nope, you're there. Good,
1: <laughs> Stay still. Don't move.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't moved there, promise. So I was just asking you, what is going on in the world of Road to a Teacher this week?
1: Oh, my goodness. So my crew is so knee-deep on these, um, you know, we are – trying to do the final edits and do all these things to get these A to Z state study guides. We've been talking about this for a month and I'm getting requests on when a certain state's going to be done and it's such a big project and my kiddos, you know, um you know, you know Taylor, she's um probably my chief uh, R&D person on the road trip teacher side, and she is so much like me. I have to keep reeling her in. She keeps adding things. Hey, we should do coloring pages. Hey, we should do word puzzles. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we have to stop. We have to do what we're doing and get this finished. So we are hoping to churn out 10 actual published A to Z guides this week. That is what's on the table at Road Trip Teacher. So if you've been waiting for state study guides, stay tuned, because they are coming soon, soon, soon fun
0: very fun um what are we doing here at full-time families let's see we are preparing I think you're going in and out Katie okay then I guess we're just gonna sign off tonight (laughs) okay well I
1: know that maybe what you were gonna saying is that you were moving towards the rally that's coming in a few weeks we'll talk about that a little bit next week I know that I'm trying to look for our schedule and I can't find it. I don't know if you can hear me, KT. Is it? Is, do we have Holly on next weekend?
0: Uh, yes, we do. She,
1: okay, awesome. So we're gonna be talking with Holly, Charles um, no, we next do not. weekend. No. Oh no, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we do not.
0: The schedule is at com.
1: Awesome. Schedules at RoadSchoolMoms.com. We will be back here live, same time, same place, next week, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Until then, safe travels and God bless.
0: This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work. And may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com. The moderator has left the conference.